Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this message. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our desire is to help lead you in experiencing God by following Jesus. If you want to find out more information about us, head over to our website at atmosphere.church. Enjoy the message. My name is Pastor Jim, and I'm so grateful that I'm able to share with you and be connected with you and walk with you, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. And if you have your Bible, I would love for you to turn open to the very beginning of your Bibles called the book of Genesis. We're going to be in chapter 3 looking at a story that has everything to do with our series title, which is Identity Theft. I'm curious, how many of you have been a victim of identity theft uh, in, like, say, the last five years? You've been a victim. A credit card was compromised. Uh, Maybe somebody took out a loan in your name. There's commercials that now that they can take the title of your home, which I that's, like, next level. Uh, But this is a real problem. Uh, A good friend of ours has a ministry to orphanages in Ethiopia, Africa. And so he gives money, he gets donors all the time, and he has a PayPal account, which is, you know, pretty secure, at least I thought it was. And my wife was helping him get all of the financials in order for the end of the year statements, and we found out that his account was hacked and somebody didn't just take the money, they like took over the whole account. And, and so we saw the money that was reserved for orphans in Ethiopia taken and given to Julio for his rent in New York. I was like, that is so wrong. There's, I don't know, there, there's special judgment for Julio or whoever it was <laughs> taking money from orphans uh, in Ethiopia. But I was just so blown away. Like, how, how does one even do that? How can you just go in there and like take over somebody's PayPal account? Because just trying to undo what he did was all kinds of phone calls, all kinds of letters. It it can take years and thousands of dollars to recoup something like that when somebody does an identity theft uh, like this. Experion.com gave a stat that I found very uh, sobering. One in 15 Americans this year will be the victim of identity theft. In 2019, identity fraud losses totaled nearly $17 billion. That is crazy. It's such a problem that Tara and I decided a few years ago that we will pay a company a little monthly fee to kind of watch our social social security numbers and credit card accounts and all that. How many else do that? It's just like you, you kind of just like need that built-in security system so that you can identify when somebody is taking something out in your name. And it's one thing to have somebody take money from you. It's a whole nother thing when somebody takes life from you. And that's what this whole series is about, is about how there's a real identity theft issue going on with people's souls, not just with their pocketbooks. Listen to what Jesus says in John 10, verse 10. I like how the Amplified Version reads it. It says, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life 
and enjoy life and have it in abundance that is to the full till it overflows. So Jesus is given a contrast. He's saying, I'm here to give you life to where it's like overflowing, splashing out. And the thief is here to take your life and to destroy your life. You see the contrast? Now, when Jesus is speaking about the thief, I am wholeheartedly convinced that he's talking about our adversary, the devil. Now, I know some of you that are new to church, when I say that, maybe there's a little pushback that you might have inside of you, like the devil, like what is this guy talking about? But I am convinced after pastoring for over 25 years that the most undertaught subject in the modern church is spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare is something that you need to know about because you have a thief that is actively pursuing your life to rob you from your God-given identity so that you will never receive the promises that God has in place for you to receive for your life. He's here to rob you. He's here, here to steal from you. And so if you don't know that there's an active thief after you, you may kind of live a little bit um, not real carefully. If I were to tell you tonight, somebody is going to come into one of the windows of your house at midnight, you're going to be prepared for that, aren't you? You're going to have your Second Amendment waiting for that, that uh, visitor, aren't you? And you're going to say, hello, somebody. <laughs> Meet my friend Smith and Wesson, all right? Um, but but here, here's the idea is that if you know somebody's going to break in, you're prepared for it. And I believe so many followers of Jesus are underprepared for the assault that is constantly happening against their souls. This is what I mean when I talk about spiritual warfare. It's throughout our entire Bibles. I don't know how we're missing it and how we're not teaching this. The Apostle Paul says our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. Some of you had a marriage fight this week, and it was completely amplified by the devil. I mean, it was just like, have you ever had an argument out of like nothing, and then you start arguing like, what, what did, how did this thing even start? And you're like looking at each other go, have no idea. And it's, it's ironic that most of the time it's on your way to church. Come on, somebody. Yeah. The devil, he's real. And he's a thief. And he's after the life that God wants you to live with. Not just a regular life. He wants you living with an overflowing life. And an overflowing life is an experience that is so amazing. And this is what God desires us to walk in. And when we're walking in the identity that we rightfully have in Christ, then we're going to walk in overflowing life. So what the adversary does against us is he gets us to question our identity. And once he gets us to question who we are, he goes in for the kill. And so many of us are living with distorted thinking, or I like to call it stinking thinking. And this is like those thought bubbles that we're processing all the time trying to give us labels. Can I tell you something, church? I didn't say the first gathering this, so this is for somebody. Don't let your issues become your labels. We all have issues in our life, but the deceiver 
The enemy, your adversary, wants to come in and make that issue in your life a label that you wear for your life. And once you start wearing that label, you lose track of the God-given identity that Jesus died to be able to give you. So he distorts you, distorts your thinking, and that's when he goes in for the kill. Genesis chapter 3 Even though identity theft is a modern crime, it is actually the oldest crime on record. Identity theft began in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, if you have your Bibles open, you can follow along the screen. If you can't see the screen, uh, we have a Bible, uh, I guess on the Bible app, there's the notes that you can go to and reference and follow along with us. But Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, I'm going to read from the NIV. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Look at your neighbor right now and say, where are you? You say, I'm right here. You're looking at me. (laughs) He answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman that you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. The first blaming incident recorded ever in history right here. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, check this out. The serpent deceived me and I ate. If you have your Bibles open and have a pen, underline that word deceived. Because that's where everything was unraveled, was in the deception. Because deception causes distortion, which ultimately causes the fall. It starts with something that is not true. That's what deception is. And the hardest kind of a lie is one that has a little truth sprinkled on it, isn't it? So th- those are the toughest kind of lies and, and the dirtiest kind of lies because there's a little bit of truth in it, but most of it is a lie. How many of you have seen videos over this COVID season that you watch it and you're like, well, that is so convincing? And there's all kinds of videos out there and you're just like, wow, this seems so true. And there's enough truth in there. It makes you go, I I think that might be believable. Now, I saw a video, this is a couple years ago, and it was like 
in the, the Middle East somewhere, and it was like a raw iPhone footage, and, and the, the phone was shaking. It was like, what's going on? And all you heard was these trumpets like, womp, womp. And, there, and it said like, the last trumpets are blowing, like God is coming back. And you hear people go, is this really happening? Is this really happening? I was like, wow, this is real. Oh my goodness, God is coming back. And then everything started coming like to knowledge like people are like nah that was this guy and it, and he's like doing a video going hey look how I'm gonna trick everybody and I'm gonna make this video so he's like a Steven Spielberg Jr. or something and he made this really really believable video and people were so falling for it. I was falling for it just like the video how many remember the video where the little toddler is running in the park and an eagle comes and swoops and tries to get the child and I was like oh my goodness hide your kids the eagles are coming that was a fake. It wasn't even a real video, but somebody is really good at editing videos to make things that are a lie look like they're truth. And this is what happened in the garden. A lie was presented as truth, and it created a deception that created the distortion, and it got them to fall. And in the falling, it was in the sin that this brokenness was birthed. And the identity that God had rightfully given them was tainted. And it manifested itself by them realizing they were naked and, and trying to hide from God. And that's what sin always does. When we do something we know internally is not good for us, we like to hide. But here's something they discovered and here's something you need to know is that no matter what you do, it is not hidden from God's sight. God sees everything. So we're not fooling anybody by, by trying to keep something a secret. And you might fool your, your family, your friends, or whatever, but you can't fool God. God sees it. So these guys are trying to run from God, and God points them out and says, why are you guys running? Why are you guys trying to hide from me? And in their hiding from God, they were losing more and more of the identity that God wanted them living with where he could walk with them in the cool of the day. Because when you are confident in the identity that you have in God, you are just, just full throttle in that relationship with God. You want to be in that as much as you can. It's when things get distorted and you fall into sin that that gets chipped away and you start hiding yourself from God. And their true identity was just being naked. Now, I'm not proposing that we get with our true identity and we all go around naked, all right? That's not what I'm saying. But it is interesting, before they fell, check this out. Genesis chapter two, verses 24 and 25. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This is like where marriage was invented. I always read this when I do wedding ceremonies because this, this was God creating the marriage union, bringing man and a woman together and creating a one unit, which puts him on full display, right? Because we're the image bearers of God. We're, we're the only living thing that was created in the image of God. So we're image bearers of our God. And so when man and woman come together, we're putting them on perfect display. And it says in the next verse, and the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. The first wedding I 
performed as a pastor. I was up there and I was so nervous and I was officiating this husband and, and wife and, and, and groom and bride and right there, there. And, and I'm reading the text and I'm being really theatrical and I'm like, and the man shall leave his father and his mother and they will be joined to his wife and they will become one flesh. And that's where I was supposed to stop and make a comment. And then I had this like moment that like I built it up. And for some reason, I just got lost in that space. And then I read the next verse. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. And there was just like awkward silence in the church. And I didn't know what they were expecting next. And I'm like, and they're going to drop their clothes right now in front of all you guys. And it's like, what, why did I? I have no idea why I did that, to be honest. I was just like, it was weird. Um, but the point is, that now we're not supposed to strip our clothes off here. The point of that text coming out and saying this was there was nothing hiding their true identity. They were, they were there and they were completely in unison with God. They were completely in this relationship with God and everything was pure and it was beautiful. And that's why it was highlighting this idea. And as soon as they sinned, they went and ran for cover, literally. And I'm convinced it is the sin that creates the separation and makes us want to hide and cover your God-given identity. And some of you may be so entrenched with sin in your life, you don't even know who you are anymore. Maybe you question that all the time, and I don't think you're here by coincidence. I believe that God brought you here by providence because he wants you to recapture your God-given identity, to walk in the promises for the destiny that he has for your life. I believe you're here on purpose. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32. Heidi was talking about this earlier. Jesus is speaking, and he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. So if the truth makes you free, what does a lie do to you? A lie imprisons you. A lie holds you captive as a prisoner. When in reality, God's truth about who you are sets you free. Could it be that some of us struggle with body image issues? Because it all comes back to Genesis chapter 3 that there's something distorted in our head from the original deception that happened in Genesis 3 so that we can't look at ourselves the same way and see ourselves the same way that God does. We're always seeing that we need a little extra work. We're always seeing that we're not enough. We're always seeing that, that we could make some improvements here and there. And Jesus said, if, if you really want to be set free then it is found in living in truth. The truth of your real identity that you carry as his son or as his daughter. To, to really understand how God sees you versus how you see yourself. Because how you see yourself is tainted and distorted versus how God sees you. I mean, have you ever just paused and thought like, how does God see me? I'll tell you what, how God sees you based upon what I read from Scripture. And here's what Scripture tells us on how God sees us. I'm a child of God. 
I'm created in the image of God. I'm an heir to the throne of God. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I have forgiveness for my past, meaning for my present, and hope for my future. I'm established, anointed, sealed by God, and nothing can separate me from his love. That's who I am, and that's what God declares about my life. So do you see how there's this full-on assault going on? You see how there, there's this, this struggle and this battle that it's not just a one-time battle and it's one and done. This is like a continual daily struggle that we have to endure being people that are living on this broken planet. We have to deal with the stinking thinking that plays in our head all the time. And we have to come against the assault that is coming against us. And what do we do? How do we come against this assault? With these voices from our adversary, from the enemy, from the devil, from the serpent, whatever title you want to give him. And do you know the Bible gives the devil the title in the book of Revelation, the accuser of the brethren. Isn't that interesting? That means his position is, He's there in your life to accuse you of all the things and all the reasons why you don't measure up the way you should measure up. So you have the accuser coming against you. You have all these voices and not just the accuser. Some of you, on top of that, you have voices of your parents. Maybe some trauma that happened to you when you were little and you still hear a voice of a family member that's playing in your head over and over again. Some of you still hear that third grade bully in your mind. It happens. It's real. And so we're dealing with all of these competing voices. And what is God's antidote in the spiritual warfare that we're in? God's antidote is to grab a boombox. That's right. How many know what this is? I just told you what it is. Okay. Let me, let me, I'm going to pose and For the first person that yells out the movie that this is from, I'll give you a free swag bag. Ready? Okay, who said that? All right. Free swag bag for you. All right. Okay. Say anything. I want my $2. All right. Um, So here's the idea. That God has a boom box that he wants you living with. And a boom box is simply a unit that has speakers that allow you to process and to hear the very things that God wants to declare over you to combat the voices that are in your head that are telling you opposite of what God wants you living in. Because in order for you to walk in your destiny, you've got to walk with your God-given identity. And how you're going to do that is you're going to learn how to turn the volume up of the voice of God in your life. And I want to help you know how to do that practically speaking, as people of God. And how you turn the volume of God up, most practically speaking, is you get in the word of God. Because the greatest speaker system that God has installed in this world is his holy word. So as we are reading the Bible, God is reminding us of who we really are. So that's why as a church, some of you are, are new to our church. That gets heavy after a while. I don't know how I did it in the 80s, right? Um, you were really cool if you threw it on your shoulder. You were super cool if you could strap it on your BMX bike like I did, all right? Um, but we, we've got to look at how we're processing the Word of God. Because some of you read it for information 
and that's okay, but really God's given us the Bible so that we can read it for our transformation, that God wants to change us from glory to glory. And so as we're reading the Bible, God is processing the old nature and replacing it with a new nature that is being reminded and declared over you through the reading of the word of God. And so we have a daily Bible reading plan that we want you to be in an Old Testament chapter and New Testament chapter a day because we believe within those two chapters, there's going to be something that comes out and speaks to you and declares to you your God-given identity to remind you of your God-given identity. So you can have warfare to come against those voices that are telling you everything opposite of those voices. John 8, later on, Jesus said, speaking about the devil, he says, he is a liar and the father of lies. That's what Satan is good at. He's good at lying and deceiving you. So the way that we're going to come against a lie is we're going to get into the truth. And the more truth that we're reading and comprehending and listening to, the more that we will walk in that truth. So basically, it comes down to you have two voices that you have an opportunity to choose to listen to. You have the voice of your adversary, which I just painted for you guys, talking about spiritual warfare. And you have the voice of your advocate, which is the words that God has declared to you as your advocate through Jesus. That Jesus Christ is your advocate standing in the gap so that he can bridge you back into a full relationship with God where you get to walk in the garden of the cool of the day just like Adam and Eve did before the fall. That's what Jesus does. He is your advocate. So you have your adversary versus your advocate. Two voices that you get to choose who you listen to. Now here's what you need to understand is the voice you listen to determines the future you will experience. The voice you listen to will determine the future you will experience. So if you choose what the voice of your advocate tells you over the voice of the adversary and what he's telling you, you are going to be able to live in this full life that Jesus promised you would live in if you let him lead your life in John chapter 10, verse 10. Are you tracking with me, church? So let me just tell you right now, when the adversary pulls you down, your advocate is going to pick you up. When the negativity is surrounding you to beat you up, the positivity of heaven is going to get in your soul and it's going to totally launch you forward. When the adversary says you're not enough, your advocate says, uh-uh-uh, you are more than a conqueror. When the adversary says you're messed up, your advocate says, no, nah, sorry, you're forgiven. When the adversary says you can't do that, your advocate says you can do all things through me who gives you the strength to do it. When the adversary says no one loves you, your advocate says you are so loved. Remember that last week? You are so loved that I actually gave my own life to save yours. When the adversary says you are a mistake, your advocate declares that in me, you are my masterpiece created for good works. When the adversary says there is no way out, your advocate says, with me in your life, all things are possible. Who are you going to listen to, your adversary or your advocate? Come on, somebody. Colossians 3, verse 2, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on this earth. That tells me that we choose what we set our mind on. We choose it. 
by choosing to listen to the voice of truth that declares to us that we're children of God who declares to us that we are chosen by God who declares to us that we are forgiven by God these are all the things that God declares to us and when we set our mind on the things above this is the truth that we get to walk in and this is when we walk in the fullness of the identity that he's given us in Christ some of you because we probably spend a lot of time or more time than we admit looking at ourselves in the mirror getting ourselves ready looking at that mug shot right in the mirror looking back at us going that dude's getting older that's what I say but here's the truth I think it'd be so cool if you put some scriptures on that mirror so as you look at yourself you could be the voice of the advocate speaking right to yourself and say hey you're a child of God dude you are somebody that he so loves that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life you are so loved some of you that struggle with anxious thoughts we just read this in our daily reading the other day in second timothy chapter one it's a powerful scripture it says god has not given us a spirit of fear but he's given us a spirit of power love and sound mind so how many of us that struggle with anxiety or fear would be able to do a 180 and instead of let that fear get the best of us, we'll get the best of the fear because we know that when God is in our life, we don't walk in that spirit of fear. We walk in a spirit of power. We walk in a spirit of love. We walk in a spirit of sound mind. We don't walk in that spirit of fear. And the more that you declare the truth over your life, the more that that truth will become your true identity. That's who you'll be as you declare it, as you speak it over your life. Speak scriptures over your life. My wife has practiced this and, and has really even brought me into this like for over a year. It has just completely changed her world and has changed mine. Why? Because the true identity that you carry, my friend, is found in the Word of God. So the more that you're remembering the Word of God, the more that you're able to walk in the fullness of the identity that you rightfully have. So I want us to stand to our feet and we're going to end with the worship song and this worship song is a great song to declare because it reminds us of our true identity for those of us that follow jesus for those of us that have the same power in us that raised jesus christ from the dead living in us and i know with everyone standing not all of you guys are following jesus Maybe a friend brought you, a family member brought you. Maybe you're still just kind of checking things out from last week from Easter. Like, this church is crazy, man. This is the craziest church I've ever visited or attended. But let me tell you something. God has radically transformed my life. And because he lives on the inside of me, I've become a new creation. I'm not the old gym that I used to be. I'm a new gym that he has formed and created in only a way that he can do. And some of you that is your next step 
Your next step is to say yes to following Jesus, to receive his spirit to live on the inside of you, and to start walking in this identity that he has made possible through his son Jesus so that you can walk with God in the cool of the day, but with your clothes on, all right? So so let me pray this. Father, as we end our time together, Lord, we want to end in honoring you and declaring, God, what you've already declared over our life, that we are your kids. We're your sons and daughters. And I know while everyone is praying, not everybody here may be in a relationship with you yet. But God, you use this message to come against the distortion that has caused them to even maybe even lose their way. And that you're revealing yourself in this moment right now who you really are and what you really desire to do in their life. And if you're here today, while everyone's heads bowed, eyes closed, and you're processing who you really are in Christ, those of you that are not yet following Christ, I want to speak directly to you. This is the best decision you'll ever make. And today, you're going to discover the real identity that God's always intended you to have. He's always intended you to walk in this relationship with Him. And if you're ready to step into this relationship with God, it starts by you simply saying yes to following Jesus and to receive His Spirit to live on the inside of you. And if you're ready to make that decision, I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want to pray for you. So right where you're standing, if you're ready to make that decision to follow Jesus, to receive His Spirit inside of you, just slip your hand up and kind of wave at me so I can see you and I can pray for you right where I'm standing. Just raise it up so I can see you. Yeah, God bless you guys. I see some hands going up. If you raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to pray along with me. But some of you, you made a decision years ago to follow Jesus, but deception has gotten a hold of your life. And you've kind of lost your way. You've kind of lost track of who you are. And I believe God's using this message to remove the doubt, to remove the deception and distortion and return you back to that place of your true identity and who you are in Christ. So some of you need to come back to God today and rededicate your life to following Jesus. If that's you, then you kind of wave at me and say, I know that's me. I know that's what God's calling me to do. God bless you guys. Father, you see our hands. And for those people that are making this decision, Lord, I want to agree with them in this prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying for our sin for bridging the gap again so that we can have a relationship with our Creator. So today we make a decision to follow you all of the days of our life. And Lord, we ask that you would fill us with your spirit, with your presence, so we can not just acknowledge this identity that you have for us, but that we can live in this identity and this abundant life, this overflowing life that Jesus talked about, God, would start happening in our life. And we thank you, God, for how you're going to do that through your spirit living in us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, then please don't leave here without connecting with us through a connection card, maybe even texting the Atmos phone and just saying, hey, I I want to follow. Just type in the word follow to that number, 805-334-8700. We're going to give you a Bible, connect with you, and walk this decision with you to follow Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever make. But for those of you that have already made that declaration, let's sing it like we mean it. Let's recapture the identity that we have in God.
Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms, and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official website at atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click the link that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.